Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast however you're listening. Just go ahead and click on that subscribe button. You can also do the automatic download, and that makes it easier for you so you can listen to it no matter where you are in the world. And then also, don't forget, I'm on YouTube. So just go ahead and go to YouTube and search DeHuff Uncensored. All right, uh, a lot to get to today, a lot of interesting stories. Let's get into some headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. (laughs) All right, so could you imagine you're a thief, right? You're a run-of-the-mill thief, (laughs) and you decide, I'm going to break into a freight truck. And I'm going to steal whatever I can get my my little thieving hands on. Right? You're in downtown Denver. You, some of you may already know where I'm going with this story. You grab a box. <laughs> Be like, I don't know how to read because I'm a thief. But I'm just going to take it anyway. Grabs it. Uh, I'm sure there's some thieves out there that know how to read. But I'm just painting a picture. Don't be thieving. And then, so this is what happens. Somebody steals a a box out of this freight truck in Denver. Guess what's in the fucking box? Human heads. Yes. Yes. That's really happening right now. They are in, the police department is trying to track down this box of human heads. How fucking wild. And it's legit, okay? It's not like somebody's there's like, I go around cutting people's heads off. No big deal. I like to keep them in a box. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's for, it, when you pass away, you can sign those things like you'll be a donor and they have human farms or like body farms and shit like that where when you pass away, they can put your body in certain situations and they can tell by how your body decomposes in certain elements on uh, how long the body has been there, etc. Very interesting forensic things that they can do nowadays. But anyway, so somebody steals this box out of this truck, and, and apparently on the box it said, uh, on a label, except, exempt, excuse me, sorry, exempt human specimen. The box was full of human heads meant for medical research. It also said science care on there, and that's a program for donating bodies to science to research and and educational purposes. I can't speak right now, but you get my point. Could you imagine, let's just put your mind, oh boy, my brain is, I I have a horrible migraine right now, and, and I'm trying to power through it. Poor me, poor, poor me. Um, but anyway, so imagine being that thief and all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, what's, what's my loot? Is it going to be a box full of, you know, pennies, quarters, money? Is it going to be a diamond? Nope. It's like a box full of heads. Oh my God. How fucking freaky would that be? Oh my God. Just, I'd shit my pants. (laughs) Be like, I'm never gonna steal anything again, ever. <gasps> That's how you get people to, you know, scared straight, scare them straight. Any okay? You want to fucking stop armed robberies? Maybe you start sticking like a, you know, random feet. <laughs> Somebody's cut off foot or fingers. 
in the bag. Then they go and open it up, and then they, like, shit themselves. Okay? It's, listen, come to me for ideas. I'm an idea guy. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, God. How fucking freaky. But you know what? You deserve it. If you're stealing shit, you deserve to get the shit scared out of you. And hopefully they find those because that's, that's just disgusting. Horrible. If you, if you find a box full of heads, call the police because it's probably not a good thing that you just found. <laughs> Whether it's this box or not, and hopefully it is this box, and hopefully there's not other boxes. Oh, my God. How did I not get how did I not get that soundbite from that movie? What's in the box? <laughs> from Brad Pitt? Oh, my God damn it. I just now thought of it. Fuck. <laughs> now it's going to bug the shit out of me. Bug the shit out of me. I should have had that goddamn... Smoking a cigarette in the back corner. I should have fucking had that soundbite ready to go. I don't smoke. Anyway, so, yeah, if you find a box full of heads, go ahead and... Tell the authorities. All right, so this is an interesting thing. <sighs> an anonymous TikTok user uploaded a video to social media uh, that is kind of splitting the public a little bit. Apparently, this mom has been making these cute little colorful like biscuits and cookies and whatever to give to their kid as they go to daycare. And as the kids eating the the treats that the mom wrote for them or made for them, the caretakers realize the mom's been writing these weird messages on the treats. And they say, like, dickhead. <laughs> the kid is eating like a cookie that says dickhead in frosting. <laughs> the mom is defending her saying, Herself saying that, listen, it's just a joke. But some people are like, this is mean. That being said, this toddler is a little bit mean as well. So I guess it kind of evens out. Another person said, I, am I the only person that thinks this trend is a little cruel? Like, I get humor, but still. And another person said, would you send your kid to daycare or preschool with a lunchbox note that said that? Hmm. I think not because you know it's wrong. While I appreciate the joke, <laughs> I do. And while I do acknowledge that let's get in the truth tree here, everybody. Right? Everybody on board? Guess what? Kids are dicks. They are dicks. They are. <laughs> and for you to deny that means that you're, well, you're in denial, okay? Okay. I, you're denying it, sir. You're in denial. Get it? Makes sense. While I say all that, and yes, kids are assholes. They're jerks at times. Do you write it on their treats and take it to school or wherever so they can eat the, the words of them being, oh, no, no. I just think that's just a little too much. But it is funny. <laughs> it's funny. But I would never do that. Between you and I, I'll sit here and have a conversation and be like, oh my God, my, my kids, man, sometimes they're just like little assholes. They are. Love them to death. Love them to death. But boy, fuck. 
they can be pricks. I'll say that because it's true. And I'm sure you have moments too if you have kids where you're like, man, he is a shithead sometimes. And it's true. That's honesty. But do you need to put it on a cookie or a note of some fashion and give it to your kids and they're trotting it around at daycare be like, ah, I'm a dickhead. They don't know what it says, but you know what I mean? I just think that's just a little too much. Again, I appreciate the joke. And I will laugh at it from a distance, but I would never do that myself. Would you? Would you? I don't. I just, uh uh-uh. I'm judging the shit out of that parent. (laughs) I just don't think it's a good idea. Bad idea to literally write a note on your kid's cookie or biscuit or whatever it is and call them a dickhead. It's just such a negative thing to do. Listen, I made my wife avocado toast the other day. Do you think I wrote bitch on it? No. I drew a heart because I love her. Okay? It's a positive thing. Can't imagine writing something like a middle, like a drawing of like a middle finger. No. God. Be positive. (laughs) Listen, I'm not always a positive person. I get it. Life sucks. But really? Do you go that far? No. Come on. Be positive, right? You're not a dickhead. How about that? Just add some more words. You are not a dickhead. (laughs) There you go. This is delicious, Mom. Thanks, honey. All right. We were talking about Guinness Book uh, of World Record Holders the other day. So this guy, this Polish guy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, Romanowski, Romanovsky, something. And seriously, I'm not trying to be funny when I fuck up people's names. I'm just dumb, okay? Anyway, he's really into endurance endurance challenges. And he spent three hours and 28 minutes with his body submerged in ice. Yeah. He beat the previous record that was two hours and 35 minutes, 33 seconds. Demolished that. Demolished. And that was originally by a Frenchman, that, the, the previous record. So good for him for doing this. But it's like, why do you guys do this to yourselves? But then I look at a little bit, get some more uh, info, information about Roman Ziski. He previously... Broke the Guinness World Record for farthest distance cycled off-road in 12 hours when he took a 195.51 mile ride. So that answers the question for me. He's nutty. He's a fucking cyclist. (laughs) Those people are weird as shit. And if you're listening and you're a cyclist, you know you got to screw loose. Fucking riding your bike for 195 miles holy shit I, I, I have been trying to ride my my peloton and trying to get your butt to riding a a bicycle for that long i'm only doing like 30 minute rides and i fucking suck at it but it is a great workout you can't deny that that cycling is and I, my whole body's just messed up. So it's really hard for me to find something that I can do that's not going to just hurt too much. 
but now my ass hurts <laughs> from working out. But it doesn't. My knee's been acting up as of late. I think uh, I don't. Uh, I don't even want to go to the doctor over that. Don't need to be poked and prodded anymore. But anyway, so like I've been writing that, and it just hurts my ass. And I just can't imagine you guys and, and ladies riding these these bikes for so long, and then like twelve hours. You have a calloused ass if you can ride a bike for 12 hours. Insane. Completely insane. This next story coming up kind of freaks me out, but it's very intriguing. We're going to get to that. But first, everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. They're just amazing. They are. Everybody knows Total Beverage has an incredible wine uh, selection of beer, wine, and spirits. And they also deliver... They also have curbside pickup available, and they also do online wine education classes. Very cool. So stop on by 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. Or you can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Again, that website's TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Want to book a party during football season? There are 18,000 reasons to pick the Blake Street Tavern. That's how many square feet we have on the corner of Park and Blake. 18,000 square feet, three bars, and a beer garden with a 6 by 10 foot TV. And our food and underground social games when we're voted the best in town by Westward Magazine. If only the men of Orange's quarterbacks checked that many boxes. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. Okay. This is fascinating and i'm really curious of what your thoughts are on this because i so this guy's selling what he claims to be a cursed painting for 50 dollars is what he's starting the bids on on ebay and he says it's ruined his life so it's and when i first started reading this i was like oh god first of all the painting is just stupid it's like these two ugly dolls right it's not a like not an intriguing painting of any sort. So the guy's name is Dan. He says he was hit by sickness, loneliness, sleeplessness, and uneasiness. And it believes that the only recourse left to him is to get to shut off, uh, to shut off the creepy picture and get rid of it. I don't know why they worded it that way. But anyway. So he describes it as something that has to change. And because the only difference in my life since everything grew so dark around me was buying that painting. I feel the only remedy to all of this is to rid myself of it. And then, but why pass it? The guy says, but why pass it on and continue such a terrible legacy, you ask? Why not destroy it, you wonder? Well, sure. Setting the painting on fire could rid the world of the wickedness brought about by this piece, but it could just as easily unleash the evil. Who's to say that by burning it, I'm not just going to make things ten times worse? No, I don't want to risk that. I'd rather sell it to some poor soul who doesn't believe the story, or even scarier, some brave soul who does. So, he thinks that since he bought this painting, that his life has gone to shit. And he's blaming the painting. Okay, there's two ways you can look at this. The painting's cursed. 
and there's some sort of entity attached to it or something negative is attached to it and it's causing his life to spiral and into this negative void and that's just awful and the only way he can think of to rid himself of this this torture is to get rid of it and, and he's afraid to burn it because he thinks that it's just going to unleash upon the world and, and make things even worse whether it's for himself or for others as well okay that's a possibility in his mind or how about this? Life sucks and you get depressed and, you know, you're tired, you're lonely. Doesn't say anything about him being married or with a girlfriend. So I'm guessing Dan is single. Okay? It just says he, he was hit by sickness, loneliness, sleeplessness, and uneasiness. Oh, by the way, hey, Dan, you're just now coming out of the pandemic. Dan, you're a fucking idiot. I know, I know you want to, the easy option is to point the finger and go, it's the painting's fault. Let's start the bidding at $50. <laughs> it, he's probably hoping that there's going to be some crazy bid war for this and he'll make like a thousand bucks. Dude, take some accountability, man. Life sucks. You just went through a, a, a pandemic and just everybody's kind of feeling the same way, at, at least at some point. Fuck, Dan. It's not the goddamn painting's fault. That being said, if I'm in that situation and I'm, and I'm believing what he's believing, I'm going to fucking burn it. I'm not going to just pass it along to somebody. I'll take that risk. I'm not going to be the dickhead that gives it to like some family and the next thing you know, their kid's possessed and cutting Achilles tendons underneath the bed. Why do I keep going back to Pet Cemetery in that scene where he cuts the Achilles? It's a horrible movie. <laughs> horrible. So disgusting. Oh, man. Oh, anyway. So, yeah. Don't go buying cursed painting just, just to be safe. I guess where, when he bought it at a flea market, bought it at a flea market, the lady who sold it to him told him, she was like, be careful. This is a cursed painting. Ooh, it's a cursed painting. Don't, don't fret. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> he should have known something when she sounded like that. Would you like a painting? It's cursed. <laughs> it's $25, Kate. <laughs> if that's who's selling you something, don't buy it. God. <laughs> if I could have only seen the warning signs. <laughs> you fucking idiot people. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. Hey, by the way, I was able... Uh, yesterday was able to go to... Do you guys ever remember Les Shapiro? He was like this Colorado broadcasting icon. Like insanely popular. And he just was a trailblazer for Colorado sports broadcasting. He's just very good at his job. Well, he passed away a little while ago. And there was a, a gathering at the Blake Street Tavern at 23rd and Blake in downtown, who's also uh, Blake Street Tavern, also a sponsor for this podcast. Well, they had a celebration of, of life yesterday, and I was able to take my son there, and we, we got to listen to some great stories about Les and how he impacted so many. And it was, it was interesting to sit there and, and, and hear so many people that I know that are legends in the community uh, in Denver, like Vic Lombardi, 
Eric Goodman in uh, Nick Ferguson, former Denver Bronco. All these people gathered in, and then there's like 200, 300 people, something like that, squeezed into the Blake Street Tavern, and we're all listening to these great stories. And it was just one of those things where I'm sitting there with my son, and I'm talking like Susie Wargens behind me, another icon in Denver. And I just, I'm just a huge fan of hers. But I'm sitting there with my son, Alfred Williams, former Denver Bronco, is sitting next to my son. And they, they're like BFFs now. But it was one of those things when you're sitting there listening to a celebration of life, you walk away with essentially, you kind of have, it it breaks everything down for you to its simplest terms. And what that is, is, is what is life all about? It's not how rich you are. It's not how famous you are. At the end of the day, it's just, I'm looking around this room and there's hundreds of people that were just like impacted by one individual in such a positive way. And all for different reasons and different situations and you sit there and you go that's what I would like whenever I pass away that I would like to be able to fill a room with people that have great stories to share I'll tell you the story of of Les and I and it's not like we're best friends or anything never technically worked together but the year was 2013 I'm covering my first Super Bowl in New Orleans. I think it was the 49ers and Ravens. And it's the end of the week, and I run into Les and Tim Spence. Tim Spence used to be my boss a long time ago at The Fan, and he had since moved on, and he was working at another radio station. Well, Les and Tim offered to take me to the airport because they were on the same flight as I was. So I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, hey, let's grab, grab a bite to eat. Sure, no problem, let's do it. So I squeeze into their, I want to say it was a minivan. They had a minivan that they had rented. And they're driving. And I'm like, they had a bunch of random shit in the, in the van. So I'm like riding, riding in the van with them. And we go to some hole-in-the-wall Louisiana restaurant. And... The objective of the conversation for them was to, to pick my brain to see if I would be interested in coming to work with them. And at the time, like my wife and I were on the verge of uh, adopting. Uh, we were on the list. We knew we were close. And there was just a lot of things going on in my life. And I essentially said, I'm not interested in leaving the fan. I'm I want to stay where I'm at. So I essentially shut them down. But what was interesting is it was fine with Les. And he's like, I get it. It's fine. And the whole time, and by the way, one of the other people that was in the, the, on the ride with us, I want to say was his nephew. Anyway, so we go and sit down and have lunch, minor chit-chat. And I just remember how he couldn't wait to get home to his wife, Paula, and how he was excited to go see her. He'd been a long, way too long, and he just didn't like being away from her. And at the time, I didn't have kids. 
So this was in end of January, early February, I want to say. So I just always remembered that he just like was so excited for, for the trip home and he couldn't wait to get home. And then a few months later in April of that year, my son was born and we were lucky enough to adopt him. And when I finally got back to the hotel room I was at and sat down and I was, I was packing up our stuff, I had to go to the Ronald McDonald house because he was sick when he was born. And I remember packing stuff up and I sat down and took a breather. And I literally cried like I had never cried before. Because I was so happy and terrified at the same time. And I cried like I'd never cried before for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, got to shift it into a different gear. But what I always remember, and before Les passed away, I, I remember thinking about this from time to time. Is like I finally, the glow in his eyes when he would talk about his family I didn't fully understand until I had kids, and then it completely made sense. At the end of the day, when you walk away from a celebration of life, you realize what truly is important, and that's your family, and that's your love of whatever you love. That's what's important. That's the meaning of your life. Everybody's is different. For less, it was his family. At the end of the day, for all he accomplished... His family was his number one. So that's just something just to think about. My son, actually, I was talking to him on the way home, and we were kind of discussing it, and he, he slightly understood. I mean, he's eight. But he did kind of understand and, and kind of wrapped his mind around about, at the end of the day, just be a good person and, and spread love. Don't be writing, you're a dickhead, on cookies and give them to your kids. <laughs> like that one mom it's better to be nice than be a jerk so there you go a little bit of a downer at the end but listen less impacted my life in a in probably a way he didn't even realize and that's just another lesson for you, you just don't know how you're going to impact somebody's life but i will always remember that the twinkle in his eye when he spoke of his family and that was cool very cool and very memorable just still remember it. We were on this like weird, this, this whole, in this hole in the wall restaurant in Louisiana, we're on this like bench type setting, you know, like a picnic bench inside, inside the, the restaurant, eating our po' boys and just, he's just talking about his family and shit and just how much he loves them. And just like he's excited, he's I and and to be honest, I don't remember the exact conversation. I just remember the feeling, and it was just that's what you want. That's at the end of the day, no matter what you accomplish in your career, what do you got at home? So anyway, anyway, MLB players, am I right? <laughs> Greedy dicks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Huff on Censored. I truly appreciate it. I, I apologize if I'm a little scatterbrained in this episode, but my my uh, feeling a little off. Like, hopefully, I'm not terribly sick, but just sick enough. My daughter's sick, but anyway. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast. However, you're listening. Like I said, you can always hit the auto download on there because if you travel a lot you can always listen to the huff uncensored on the airplane 
and it doesn't screw anything up. You just hit the auto download and it can like have uh, the episode saved in the app for like 30 days. It hardly takes up any space. And then uh, if you're traveling somewhere, you can you don't have to worry about a good signal. You just, boom, you can listen wherever. Uh, and then if you're able to, go ahead and share it with your friends. A, a big special thanks to Blake Street Tavern. They're at 23rd in Blake in downtown Denver. Again, Chris Fuselet and the crew did a, a, an amazing job with the tribute to Les Shapiro, uh, the celebration of life. And it was just really cool. And it was neat to see all those people out there, but it was even greater to see the impact that he had on people's lives and, and their careers. So it was really, really neat. Something that you can really walk away with going, okay, for me, like I just, I felt, I felt good about myself after leaving because while I've been judged by certain members of the media and certain former coworkers for me leaving to focus on my family, I walked away going, yeah, I definitely did do the right fucking, uh, you know, make the right decision. So anyway, also big thanks to Total Beverage. Go ahead and check them out at TotalBev.com. It's the Huff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.